1: Hey everybody and welcome to the Power of Women in Insurance podcast. Today I have Colleen Blum with uh, Combs & Company Insurance up in New York. And guys, she and I connected on Instagram because she is on fire. This woman has so many great things going for her, both professionally, personally, and I will even give you a little snippet here we're going to get into in a little bit, that she is even a podcaster that is <laughs> leveraging that information and that that medium for really being able to connect with her with her community and being able to make a difference. So I'm really excited to be able to bring her on today because Colleen is a difference maker in our industry. Colleen, welcome. Hi, how are you?
0: Oh, thank you so much for just a great, warm, fuzzy opening. That was amazing. Oh, well, good. I'm, so I'm so excited to be here. Well,
1: you know what? I have loved connecting with you. And I know we have mainly like chatted on Instagram. And then we had this conversation on the phone that I like, I didn't want to be done with it. I was just like, let's keep on talking. You know, (laughs) unfortunately we both have careers that we have to get back to, (laughs) but you know, I really, really connected with you and I want to just say thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day. This is actually being recorded on today, November 13th. So we are in fourth quarter of the year. And as people listen to this podcast, they're going to know why that's so important important. So Colleen, tell us a little bit about you, how you got into the insurance industry and a little bit about how you got your mojo going in this space.
0: Oh yeah. Thank you again for having me on the show. It's so exciting. And fourth quarter, everybody's going to be like, why are you guys taking the time to talk to each other? Because <laughs> right. you still have to be humans. okay? Exactly. <laughs> um, for those of you that don't know me, hello, my name is Colleen Blum. I am a broker here in New York City right in the heart of Midtown, New York. Um, Things are picking back up. It's going to be okay here in the city. We'll be quite all right. But I started my journey in insurance a little bit. I think everybody can say like, you didn't really ever grow up and say like, hey, I want to be in insurance. Like, That's what you wrote down on when you were in kindergarten. No, you (laughs) wanted to do other things that were fancy. So I actually um, was a hairstylist. I started when I was in high school, I went through the whole BOCES program, which you could go to regular school during the first half of the day. And by the end of the day, you were in a trade school. So that's how I split it up. Um, I was very gung-ho. That was going to be my career. So that's why I started so young. So I did hair for about 10 years um, out on Long Island in New York. And everybody always says, isn't Long Island just like New Jersey girls? We say no, but technically, yes. (laughs) I was just showing you that I had that little snooky poof. So if you could put that picture in your head, I was like that spray tanned uh, long nails kind of Long Island girl hairstylist. I loved it, honestly. It was so much fun, especially for a young girl. Like when I was super young at home, everybody knew I wanted to do hair. So my mom actually, I think I was probably like 10 or 11, she got me... um, These mannequin doll heads from another girl who was a lot older than me and she was in a BOCES program So my older sister walked past my room one day and she was like all I saw was heads Like just these cut up heads in your room and it was the most terrifying thing But that's how I fell in love with hair So I've always loved like playing around and like that whole beauty side of things but at some point I think I was like 21 22 We had started to, like, create this company. I mean, the salon had a ton of different um, shops on the island that were very, very successful. They sent a few of us over to open up a more industrial, like, hip type of cooler vibe on Long Island to try to get away from kind of just the typical salon where grandma went type of atmosphere, (laughs) not to say it like that, but to say it like that, like this one was like all concrete and they had TVs and it was like more New York City vibe on Long Island. So we went there and you start to get like the vibe of like, this is where your future is going. Like these are the type of people and there's nothing wrong with it. I love the industry. I think hairstylists are phenomenal. They're badass people um, that just... They have this artistic side of them that so many people can never have, I and mean, then they yeah. have the best career. But it also takes a toll on your body. Um, and for me, it was kind of all right, I was in this now atmosphere where there was a lot of. If anybody has ever seen Jersey Jerseylicious or Jersey Shore. I mean, that was the type of mentality, like seven-inch stilettos, mm-hmm. like the long oh, nails. Wait, 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 wait,
1: wait, wait, You did hair in stilettos?
0: Oh, I didn't. But these girls that I got hooked up with uh, to, like, go open up this next salon, I walked in and I was like, this isn't my vibe. Yeah. Like, first of all, I'll wear heels, but, like, not to stand on concrete yeah, for yeah, 12 no, hours absolutely. while blowing That's out hair. I was like, hold on, like, no. Uh. I don't need to impress people that much. Come on now. Like, that looks like it hurts, but no. But that's kind of like the mentality it was going down. And I was like, do I really want to be in this for the rest of my life? Right. Like, what what else is out there? And also, I had worked for a different salon – Um, it was all part of the same organization, but when they moved us, they moved me towards with just all the younger girls. But in the old one, there was successful, very successful hairstylists, but a lot of them went through breast cancer or they went through, you know, tragic divorces or losses. And then they were stuck having to be a single mom now or on their feet with the cancer as a single mom. And Mm. just seeing what the future and they kept saying, go back to school, go do something. Don't do this for the rest of your life. Cause it's fun when you're young, but at some point, like you have to really think of the future because one, I can't, you can never depend on a, a, another person to take care of you in life at the end of the day. Right. So for me, I've always kind of been that mentality that You got to kind of put your foot out there and be able to take care of yourself on your own. So at at a young age, of course, living with mom and dad, it's nice and fun and you're making a lot of money. But if something really goes wrong, do you have benefits? Do you have things that will help you? So I didn't necessarily really look to be in health insurance. It was, I literally in the salon chair in between clients, I would send out, I think I sent out probably 2,000. Um, emails just with like my resume wow. and I didn't get hits on it because who's going to hire a hairstylist that has no office experience that has no like real life experience other than this like beauty industry. So, um, and I would just be like assistant, those type of things. Cause I didn't think you would ever become anything really big. So I actually ended up landing a job at a health insurance brokerage. Um, and it was something where you know, you fall into it. But when I got there, I was like, Ooh, this is cool. Look at me. Like I'm all professional typing on this computer because if you're not used to it, you're like, this is fun. The office phone is ringing. I have paperwork I could write on. Cause you're not used to that whole, you know, big girl role. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of really fell in love with it because what I always say about health insurance is it is just like being a hairstylist because when you're a hairstylist, you're a therapist. And mm-hmm. when you're a health insurance brokerage, you are a therapist right. at the end of the day because you are talking to people about their deepest darkest secrets, the same way that they would confine about you know their divorce to you with the chair to be able to talk to them they're talking to me about the same thing when I 'm talking about their health insurance if they're saying they can't get pregnant those type of conversations you know they have cancer it's the same type of if you're good with people, you could be good in health insurance at the end of the day or any type of service industry so I actually really started to fall in love with it because you were making, of course, money. Um, And it was just me talking to people. And I remember there was a girl behind me and she was like, I would buy a plastic bag from you, like a plastic (laughs) garbage bag from you. And I was like, what? She's like, because you just say it like it is. And then at the end of the day, if they don't want it, they don't want it. But there's no pressure there because – you're talking to them the same way you would be talking to them if they wanted a product at the end of the blowout, you know. So it's if it's going to work for you, it's going to work for you. If it doesn't work for you, I'll be here when you're ready to buy it. Um, I didn't know at that point that you could be licensed and actually get paid. So I was an account manager Ooh, there. You were
1: not technically. licensed. Technically,
0: interesting. I was yes. not licensed, yes. so I was more or less talking about like renewals and enrollments and helping people out with that, um, and then not realizing I was selling things (laughs) because I didn't know. Uh, But my grandfather's in insurance and he kind of had that conversation with me, but he's in PNC, not the health insurance world. Mm -hmm. And I always say that's a totally different beast. And I didn't want to, you know, ride on the coattails of his success. Um, And I really had no interest in the PNC world. Let's just be real about that because I like people at the end of the day. So when we had the conversation – Um, I had actually been going through some challenges at the agency that I was at, the brokerage that I was at, because I always say, I think females, they either, there's two types of females in the world. They are the ones that are going to build you up and be mentors and be that rock solid, like you go girl behind mentality. And then there's other females who are the second kind who kind of get very intimidated, very nasty, very put you down. And when they start to see that you're becoming good or I think I was naive and that's why they liked me in the beginning. And then I started to be a little bit smarter knowing that I could get licensed, could become a broker, could get paid, knew my value, knew my time. When that started coming into fruition, things flipped and it started to become that second woman who was in charge yeah, of me. Yeah. So I would come home crying because of how miserable mm-hmm. it had become at work. Um, Just for like bad attitude reasons and whatnot. So I actually went to Google and I typed in successful women in insurance uh, because I know it's an industry that's very male dominated. There's not a lot of females in this industry. So when you typed in any type of thing about a woman, and I honestly don't even know what made me type that in. I was just having a really bad day. Um, And Susan Combs came up on a list. I think there was about 12 women on the list. And it was just a random list. It was like 12 successful women in insurance. And these women, they had their picture on the left and a paragraph of them. And so terrible to say. But I was like scrolling through and I was like, boring, boring, boring. (laughs) And then I hit on to, that doesn't tell you my personality. I mean, I was 22 at the time, right? right? So you're like, I don't want to just, you know, roll these people. Like, find me somebody who's cool. Should I stay in this industry? That's what I was, like, really looking for. Like, who is going to point me and say, like, this, we we can do this, right, you know, type right.
1: of thing. Well, I've heard that so people I can't, should choose a headshot that really resonates with their personality, too. And I think that's one yeah. thing a lot of people don't do is we, we hire some, like, photographer, right? To make us look all, you know, look all professional. Exactly. Or whatever, but it's not who we really are. And so... I've definitely heard, especially with social media and other things like that, that we should really choose headshots that really show who we are. And I think Susan's really good about putting out there on social media, because I follow her as well, everybody over at Combs & Company. But she puts out there, you know, her workouts with CrossFit and, you know, she puts out there some cool stuff with her husband and their anniversary. And then she puts on insurance as well. So she's really... In that space of being very, very real, so I mean, I don't know what her head and
0: organic, yeah, absolutely. you know, and that's what I that's what I was looking at is like all of these bios with the picture, they looked like statues, right. and I, that's why I was like, I wasn't being you know boring, 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 but like they were because it to me, it, nothing was jumping out saying stay in this industry, Kyle. Mm-hmm. So I was looking down the list and I hit Susan, and she was a young woman, um, who was very pretty, and she just. Like you could see her energy come through Mm -hmm. the picture and then her bio was talking about, I can't remember exactly what it was saying. It was like something about like working out, she played hockey, like she did all this stuff. And I was like, this woman is cool. And she's in New York city. Like what are the chances? So, I mean, because these were women all over the country. So, um, yeah. So actually I, that night I wrote up a, an email that we laugh about every single year, Um, because I said, hi, my name is Colleen. I am a young 22 year old from Long Island, New York. I don't know. I'm happy in the insurance industry, but I'm not happy where I'm at. I don't know if I should stay in it or I'm really just looking for a mentor. If you're willing to talk to me and I emailed it to her service line. So I Googled their company, found the service line and then wrote that email and sent it to her service line. And I was like, this woman from New York City is never going to respond to me. Like, who am I kidding? Well, lo and behold, she responded. Her assistant responded and was like, hey, Susan wants to, you know, have a conversation with you because she was very big into mentoring at that time. So I was like, great. So maybe she'll just tell me like, stay in or get out or like, because I didn't know should I open up my own thing? I now knew that I could become a broker and get paid for this. So I came into the city, which as a Long Island girl, I was like, I am never moving to New York City. I will always stay on Long Island. (laughs) Hello. Look at the background right now. (laughs) So I came into New York City. We met for lunch. And it just happened to be that um, her main account rep was going out on maternity leave. So I would be filling in for her if if I wanted to. And I was like, I'm in. Yeah. So literally within a month, I had moved from Long Island into Queens, which is close to New York City, um, got a nice, cute little apartment and started working here. And now I am the vice president here and I run all the sales for the employee benefit side of things. Uh, but we are a full-service brokerage, so she handles the PNC side of the world that I know nothing about. <laughs> She'll probably laugh at that, um, and I handle <laughs> all the health benefits. So fourth quarter, hello, but yeah. it's nice to talk to you oh. to to tell the story a little bit.
1: Like I said, I'm just so grateful that you took the time during fourth quarter yeah. <laughs> to be able to sit down with me. You know, I think we uh, we message a month, month and a half ago. So like this, two months, ago, maybe mm-hmm. even. So then the whole like fourth quarter thing hit. And I mean, as, as soon as we talked, you were like in benefits. I'm like, oh, this one happens after the first of the year. So I am definitely very, very appreciative of that. So tell me <laughs> a little bit. I know that you talked about the fact that you love connecting with people, that you love mm-hmm. being able to hear their story, get into their, 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 their history and how you can be able to serve them. And I really love that you're able to do that. Now, tell me a little bit about, you know, how that has been able to make a little bit of a difference in how you approach the client and how you can be able to really connect. Because I think so many people, we, we talked about this before you and I started recording, is that based on social media and everything, sometimes it's really hard to like put yourself out there. Sometimes it's hard to like open up conversations. And yeah, um, yeah. we don't always, I hate to use the word, put ourselves out there, but that's really what my my mind is working with right now. And yeah. I think sometimes we don't ask those questions because we don't want to be either too personal or we don't want to come across as um, nosy or whatever, whatever the concept is. Right. And I think especially as women, we have a lot of fear around that. Maybe it's a fear of rejection. Maybe it's a fear of putting ourselves out there and, um, you know, being too vulnerable. What do you do to be able to either mentally psych yourself up for that? Because I think that's one of the things that women sometimes struggle with is putting ourselves out there and really, truly connecting with our clients. But at the same point, that's the number one thing that Absolutely. people w- love about a really great relationship with with whoever their salesperson is for whatever the industry. But how would yeah. you kind of embrace that?
0: Well, I think... I think that's a great question, especially right now. Um, I think really my past definitely being in service, I mean, at 15 years old and washing people's hair, you know, you you learn to have, hi, how are you, in-depth conversations with them while their face is literally staring up at you. And it really taught me at that young age, being personable is how they love you. Mm. And that's how you get the tips is that's how they say, no, I don't want her washing my hair. I want her washing my hair. And they come for you at the end of the day for the experience. I mean, I used to run around that salon and and dance with the broom and like dress myself up in Christmas lights and like little stuff like that. But they had fun. Like these older ladies, these they're working hard, they're having a long day, and at the end of the day, you come in for an experience. Mm -hmm. So if we're in insurance, why isn't it that same way? Mm -hmm. When they call me, the way I mean, I am no saint. Literally. <laughs> I am, can get in very bad moods very quickly, um, but the way you answer the phone really sets the mood and the way you can ask the personal conversations or the personal questions to open them up. That'll get you closer and break down the barriers for that client more than you could ever imagine. So it's something where asking, especially right now, asking the personal questions before you get into business, how are you really doing? Right. How's your family really doing? Are you are you ready to kill those kids yet? Like little things like that because they're like, "Oh, yeah, let me let my hair down a little bit or let me unbutton the top of my shirt here because I'm choking." Mm-hmm. If you show people right now, we have to. We have to show people that we're real because I don't I look at business the way that I look at the way I do business. If I don't know who I'm doing business with, <clears throat> Or, you know, and I'm not talking about like going into Macy's and buying a shirt. I'm talking about like my service providers. If I don't know who's fixing the car or who's the mechanic coming in or, you know, I don't know, who's doing my hair. We're very loyal to these people because we appreciate, and we trust them. So if we're going to be that person for them, we need to be more real and vulnerable. And the way right now to communicate with people is by social media. And I wasn't a big believer in opening myself up. I'm a very closed off introverted type of person, but I found that the more vulnerable I have gotten with my past and the struggles that I've gone through, because We've all at some point gone through something that's rocked our world Mm -hmm. at some point. Yeah. And if you can tell people that, their guard comes down and not in a way that's like, oh, poor me, what happened to me? Because a lot of the times I don't go into details what happened. Because in some cases, it might not, it might trigger people, it might put them off on a certain thing. Um, So I really, I don't, I just mention on my own podcast of just that I've gone through some struggles. Maybe one day I'll go into those details, but right now, not yet. But people just knowing like, oh, look, she's not wearing makeup. She looks like a wreck right now. (laughs) Like she's real, like, cause we could put ourselves together, but we also, at the end of the day, we look like, you know, I just crawled out of a cave. (laughs) So showing that and showing our clients and showing people, it makes them laugh and it makes them trust you more. It does. So if we're saying that online and like we're showing our day-to-day thing or like the fact that we just spilled coffee all over our paperwork, it's little funny things like that that make us more relatable at the end of the day. So I think right now to be able to connect with people because we can't meet people in person right now. It's just... It's going to be the way it is probably, especially here in New York City for a very long time. A lot of people are more comfortable on Zoom. But if we can have that conversation, I find if I can knock those barriers down a little bit um, or even just like simple things like, what are you up to? And I'm like, hey, I started a podcast. Oh, why did you start the podcast? You know, I went through some challenging times of my own and they're like, oh, really? Me too. That's great. It's stuff like that. Like, hey, I'm human. I'm not just your insurance broker. Because at the end of the day, I cry. I bleed. I hurt. You know, I laugh hysterically. I dance like a moron. You know, I'm just like you at the end of the day.
1: <laughs> you have plants that are dying behind
0: you? <laughs> yes. I kill money trees, you know.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And for the listener, when we were talking before, we were talking about this kind of being real. And she's like, I'm liking this light behind you. And I'm like, girl, it's a grow light because I can't grow anything. And even that's dying with my grow light. So, you know, I mean, it is, like you said, it's that being real, it's that connecting and it's, it's that when we share those stories that people can laugh and that, you know, I think I was talking to my husband recently just about work stuff or whatever. And he was just like, you know, They have certain people in their office who are not getting out right now and who are just cranky because they don't have that connection. And I know Mm -hmm. that with uh, COVID and everything that we've experienced this year, um, especially in the very beginning, because we were all working from home and everything. And um, I would be like, I just got to get in a car and drive around. I just got to go to a park and like feel the grass in between my toes or something, you know, because I need the connection with people, with you know, with with the earth, with the concept of just connection, just basic connection. And I think social media especially has really been able to fill that over the course of the last couple of months. And I'm really glad we even have it because if this would have been, you know, 20 years ago when COVID hit, we really would feel very isolated if we didn't have Zoom, if we yeah. didn't have social media. But then also taking that time in a business sense to just really just stop and say, how are you doing? You know, I had a conversation with a client yesterday. And we just sat there and talked about what are our feelings during during COVID, you know, after we got done talking about our umbrella policy, you know, we talked yeah. about, you know, how she dealing with her kids and her grandkids and, you know, the grandkids in school, but yet she's a little bit older. And so how are we kind of dealing with a lot of that? And it was, it was a great way to just, and at the end of the conversation, she said, I just love you guys. And it's so nice when you hear yeah. that, you know, because mm-hmm. you know, you have yeah. a customer for life at that point.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we get every day. I mean, I help with a lot of, it's not even just like small groups. A lot of the times like open enrollment is the individual market. Here in New York City, we have a lot of entrepreneurs. We got a lot of Broadway stars, actors, like just individuals that aren't tied to a company and need health insurance. So you get one-off clients calling you all the time and to hit that rapport with them within the first 30 seconds, it has to be about them. It has to be, what's going on? How are you? How are you holding up? And they don't know me from a hole in the wall. And yesterday I had a conversation for the first time with a woman and she was like, you know what? I got three kids. I was like, how's school going? She goes, oh, don't even get me started on that. Do you have kids? I said, no, but I can only imagine. Right. And I'm thankful I don't have kids right now. (laughs) One day I will. So thankful right now. But I'm like, you know, the time wasn't right for me, so it didn't happen. So at some point, you know, for me to be able to relate with them, I go, how old are they? So she was telling me, I was like, oh, that 14 year old must be doing a lot of TikTok dances. It broke the ice because it was saying like, talk about them. And she's like, you know, this is going on and that struggle. And now the schools are going to close and you don't got to get into politics. You don't got to get into negative stuff. It's just talking to them about truly what's going on throw a joke in there, okay. throw something in there and their guard is going to immediately drop to then be able to go into business Yes, because then they trust you. They like you and they're ready to roll.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And then down the road too, they're going to remember you, refer you, you know, and because, cause you really did connect and you did a really good job talking to them about what their needs are too. Cause it yeah. really segues really well into the needs conversation. And it
0: yeah, it helps something. set you up for, okay. She, she got three kids. She's stressed. Yeah. What else is going on? Yep. She's probably going to need me. Are you going to need some mental health therapy? You know, like little things like that, that you then can be able to bring into the conversation of saying like this year, maybe you might look at, to, you know, go get one of those doctors for right now because- we like your kids.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we want to keep them around. I get to <laughs> groan and I'm just so thankful some days that I'm not cooped up. Oh, so, I, I, mean, I love imagine. my kids. Don't get me wrong. I love my kids. Yeah. But, but right now I'm very grateful that they're 27 and my daughter's about to turn 22 next month. So I'm super.
0: Yeah. Shout out to all the parents yeah, out there totally. that are really struggling with the school. Completely. Place. We're all we're all sending good vibes to you. Yes,
1: absolutely. It's tough right now, especially because here in Texas, you know, we weren't in school and we were in school and now they're even talking about after Christmas going back out and not being in school.
0: Yeah, that's what they're talking about. The kids finally went back to school. Now they're going to pull them out. And, the, you know, I think it's the hardest thing for, I can't even imagine what it's like for parents yeah. to have to work and entertain the older ones because the older ones, they're not used to it. So they have they feel like their life's being robbed. Right. And then the younger ones, they don't know what they don't know. So they're just bouncing off the walls. True.
1: <laughs> true. And they're all cooped up in a, how many ever square feet that you have. Right. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. In thing, New York city, there's not a lot of square feet. Right.
1: And my thing is too, is that, you know, especially these kids that are like on a, I don't know, chemistry path or whatever. Like if my kid came home and said, Oh, I need you to help me with chemistry because I don't have a teacher right now. Or my teacher is on zoom and I can't ask questions or whatever. I'm like, yeah. That's not happening. You know, you need to uh, go back uh. to like, I don't know, Math 101. I don't know. We're not doing chemistry. We're not doing physics. We're not doing any data.
0: This is a loss here. Let's go cu- make right. cupcakes.
1: Exactly. <laughs> that's, one, that's, that's our chemistry. Our Baking soda. <laughs> exactly. 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 At this point, like we're going to go for like life skills. Here's how to yeah. you know, cook. Yeah. And here's how to, look, can vacuum. Isn't that cool? Look.
0: Yeah. I think kids are going to come out way more resilient than the adults will come out on Probably. this. Probably.
1: I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. I think a lot of A lot of the adults will need mental health. And a lot of the kids are going to feel like they can handle anything the world throws at. They're
0: going to be like, our parents are overreacting. right? Yeah, exactly. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs.
1: Well, so what was your motivation behind this podcast? Cause I know you have this podcast and I adore the name as a woman. Cause it's called try and stop me. And I love that because as a woman, we sit back and we say, Oh, maybe I can, maybe I can't. Should I, should I not? And, um, I read a great book um, called Lean In and it's by the COO of um, Facebook and she is amazing and she really, really, really brought out some really good points, which was that a lot of times whenever there's... The table and there's men and women in a room, the women will either sit off to the side or they sit mm-hmm. back or maybe like if you have food at a buffet table or something and the women will wait for everybody else to be able to get their food before they step on up to be able to get their muffins or their coffee or whatever. And because we just are not as assertive that women don't ask for the um, the promotion, that men will come on in if there's a position open to say, hey, That's I so deserve true. this job. And women are like, well, if you really think I can do it,
0: you know? Yeah. So, Thank you so much for offering. Meanwhile, right, we deserve a lot more, exactly. And yeah. on another side
1: of that, I was actually listening to a Brene Brown podcast. She actually started a podcast over on Spotify about her uh, Dare to Lead book. And she um interviewed, and I don't know, if I'm gonna get that wrong just because I'm totally throwing this up like I was not <laughs> intending to throw this out there. But,
0: I love her, she's a phenom. she she's is just gold on everything she says.
1: She is, she's amazing. So, Abby Wong back the soccer player, has a yes. book out called Wolfpack, and um, mm-hmm. it's Woman Empowerment. And um, Abby Walmbach made a really good point. She said, women, whenever we achieve things in life, we go, oh, thank you. Oh, that's so great. I'm so grateful for all I've been given, right? Which man's like, no, I earned it. I, you know, I put in the <laughs> I earned this thing. I it. You know, and yeah. it's just a totally different mindset. So totally, I love the fact that your podcast is Try and Stop Me. So tell me about how you, where, how, how did this just strike your soul in such a way that you decided to, because you put a lot of yourself into it. You put a lot mm-hmm. of you as a human being, not just, you know, not just an image, but on your, not even just in your podcast, in your social media and everything else. Tell me about that story because I love it. I love it
0: yeah I went through i like everybody, I mean, like we say, everybody goes through something that rocks their world at some point. um, I definitely went through some really bad self defeating hard times in my twenties that I lost myself, like completely lost my voice, lost everything about myself to the point where I felt like I was just a walking shell mm. and I think at some point, I don't know about men. I'm sure men might go through it, but I think a lot of females at some point go through that, whether it was an outside factor or they do it to themselves. Um, So for me, it was years of this. And finally, I was like, you know what? I'm done walking, being the walking dead. Like I am just done going through the motions, thinking that this is all that it's ever going to be. It's time to actively make a change. So I – you know, went through a lot. um, and then the way I really I had a bad mindset, like through and through, I would just talk to myself down so much just because that was what was around. And I remember I was saying something at like a family party, and my cousin had looked at me, and he goes, "Stop talking to yourself like that." And I was like, Don't call me out like that. Like, that was embarrassing that you even said that. But meanwhile, here I've been for years talking down about myself, like every female does, right? But, like, really bad. Um, Whether – I don't remember what I said. Something like being worthless or something. So that flipped. Like, I'll never forget that he said that because at that point I was like, you know what, I'm not just looking at memes online anymore or just, like, these self-defeating things. So I started really listening to podcasts. Um, And on the train, I would listen to podcasts coming in and I would listen to things like Oprah Mm -hmm. and Dr. Phil and um, Ed Milette is one of my favorites just because they would interview people, um, Tony Robbins, right? Like they would interview people who had gone through horrible things in their life too, you know, and I grew up with a great family. I just had gone through some really bad stuff in my er like later early 20s that were my own fault, but they, see, you do it again. Um, but work in progress. Right. But so I would literally listen to these podcasts and I'd be like, huh, if they went through that bad of a tragedy mm-hmm. and they've a- been able to come out on the other side of it, life just doesn't have to be over because of a scenario. Right. You know, I think that people really, at some point, the really successful ones, Actually, have gone through a really bad thing in their life at some point because they learn to realize that life life isn't just going about the motions. They never want to go backwards ever again. Um, They only want to get better, be better, do better, make changes in the future, and that's why they become successful. Is because then they have this drive that other people who have had life been perfect for them or everybody was wonderful to them. Luckily, they've never had to experience that, but. That's also, I think, our driving force if you have gone through some type of hard tragedy, yeah. whatever the case is. So, for me, the podcast, listening to the podcasts really saved my life and my mentality of how I would talk to myself, what I would write down, what I would say every day, how I would pray out to the world and talk out to the world. Because, really, what you say out loud is the way your life is going to be. Right. Um, And I know that firsthand now is the more you speak it into existence, the more it actually happens because when you say it or write it down, it starts to actually happen because you're no longer accepting just what was going on. Right. So for me, one of the podcasts, and then I was like, you know, sitting in COVID (laughs) (laughs) at this point, I was like healthier. You know, life really, really shifted for me about a year ago. Um, because I was very actively mental health, like putting good stuff in, trying to get negative stuff out, dealing with the stuff, letting it go, letting it out and talking about it. Um, And then I had mentioned starting a podcast at one point, right before COVID happened. Then I was like, well, I would interview, you know, maybe our our guests. And I always had this like fear of what would happen. I didn't want to put myself out there, like you were just saying, because I was like, I don't want people to know what happened and I don't want people to judge me and I don't want anything to go on. But then COVID happened and you start to really see the breakdown of people and people becoming more open and becoming more real. And I was like, you know what? Now's the time more than ever Mm -hmm. to start this. So I decided I was going to start a podcast and then I told people I was going to start a podcast everybody says fall back and, like, do it in silence. I'm a firm believer of tell people you're going to do it because they're going to hold your ass accountable. Mm-hmm. Sorry for saying ass. Sure. No,
1: you're good. I'll go for <laughs> <me>. yeah, <laughs> um, Absolutely.
0: So then I uh, – the next step was, like, I bought the equipment, which was literally, like, going to Google and buying the mic, and that's mm-hmm. all the equipment you need to really start a podcast. Right. <laughs> and then uh, coming up with the name was really – I was list- – I mean, I have a whole notebook filled with names, filled with names to the brim. And then I was upstate with my sisters who are both graphic designers. And I was like, here's all these names. Like, um, I wonder if I have any of the names here. Like, own it, born to boss, what drives you purpose. I was like writing all this, like decrowned, grown, like all of this (laughs) stuff. Like, and I was like trying to play on words and I was thinking about it too much. And my older sister literally closed this notebook and on the front of it, it says, Try Oh my goodness, it does. How cool. And it's just like a typical, like it's a blank notepad with just like a quote on the front. And I was, I got chills and I was like, that's it. Like I've been here stressing about this damn name (laughs) for how long, and it's literally been staring in your face that no one can stop you once you set your mind to it. Mm -hmm. So that's the name of the podcast.
1: I love it. I love it. I love it 100%. You know, I went through um, some challenges a couple years ago, and um, a lot of people on the podcast know it, but um, I went through a couple of uh, some challenges, and I went through a, a gentleman by the name of John Martini has, I don't know if you know of him or not, but he has something called the breakthrough experience. And it is taking all of the negative, not all, but all the, all the really big negative things in our lives that we deem as negative experiences and taking them and turning them. And the things that we need to be grateful for because they fuel us getting where we really want to be in life and who we are and what we bring to the table every day. And that it's, it's the good things and the bad things. It's not just bad. I mean, it's also the good things, like things that we are already grateful for that really make us who we are. And, um, I went through, I got the book and he actually has a program people can go to, but I got the book and I worked through it like a workbook. Like literally it was like a project. Like I do not think yeah. many people would actually finish this book necessarily, but it changed my life. It totally changed my life. And then, um, I also went through John Acuff's book, um, start to go from average to awesome, which is a great book. And at the very end, he has these questions and one of them is, um, one of them is write down every single fear that you have and then write down what would happen if you actually achieve that fear, because it lets us look it in the eyes and be able to say, I could still, I I would still be breathing at the end of the situation, whatever it is that I'm afraid of. Right. And, um, I actually made a list of, of all the things that I didn't want to be, all the things I didn't want to do in life. And I realized I actually achieved all of those. And I was, um, (laughs) 40. That's incredible. I was like 43, 42, 43 years old. And I realized I was exactly where I had built my life around not being. And I just said, okay, you know, and I looked at those fears and I looked at all of that and I just said, okay, I got to fix this. I got to change it. And I think it's those points of trauma if we will, that really help us to be able to define who we are and where we go. And I think your Try and Stop Me podcast is just amazing. And I'm so excited that you have embraced that passion to be able to do that.
0: Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think at some point, Self-help and self-development is so important in this world because at the end of the day, the only person we truly have control over is ourselves and we have one life to live. So if you don't actively make the change to want to be different for yourself, no one else but yourself, then who and what are you living for? Yeah. Because what are what are you doing if you're not taking care of yourself? So like Dr. Phil's uh, podcast, it was like living life by design. He had said something to me and I was on the train to go see my parents and it was I, – I can, I can remember the tree that I saw so vivid in my head mm-hmm. when it was like I'm saying this to you right now and when it hits your ears, you're never going to be the same. And he was like in a year from now, you have one year pretty much – that if you don't actively make these changes to change your life, that is ultimately your decision. So if in a year from now, if you are in the same place, better or worse, that is all your fault, literally. Uh, I yeah. mean, plain and simple, what he said was yeah. like, the decisions that you make in your life, and I was in something that it was very difficult. So it was like, okay, I need to actively make these changes that if I don't make these changes, I will still be in the same exact miserable position Mm -hmm. that I am in at this current moment. And the only person that can get out is me. So mentally, everything. So, the choice really at the end of the day is like really what we put in our body, what we put in our mind, especially right now of everything mm. going on. Like if we're not feeding ourselves positivity and just trying to take one step at a time, one day at a time to look at, we're not happy. Why are we not happy? Let's make a slight change. Right. The slight change might be eating the cookie instead of not eating the cookie, right. <laughs> you know? Well, like well, a little, because you have one, you really have one life. And I was like, okay, Dr. Phil. So they, we wrote down December 20th, I get to open up the note. I have it oh, written down cool. that I could see exactly what I wanted in life by this time next year. Um, and I already know that it's already all come true. So I'm probably going to cry when I open up the note, but it's it's just being actively involved in your own happiness.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And,
0: and uh, success. So
1: important. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of women out there that we To be able to to do that is so empowering. I know a couple of years ago when I went through my stuff too, somebody told me to sleep to uh, YouTube videos that were... like the sleep, um, they're like 10 hours long and they are the sleep positive affirmations. And so mm. I'd still do to this day, every night. I sleep to um, positive affirmations of abundance and love and generosity and, and and kindness. And so, and it literally, you know, and at first it was like, oh my gosh, this is just the most stupid thing ever. Luckily I was-
0: I called the woo-woo yes, stuff, right? yeah. I recalls it though. I'm like, oh.
1: Absolutely. And luckily but I Meanwhile, now I'm all woo-woo. It. Yeah, I was single when I started it. So it, w- it worked okay for me at that point, but- um, That's what
0: I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. they're not like, what are you doing? <laughs>
1: right. You know, but, and I started actually with one that was called Pono, And it's, um, thank you. I love you. Please forgive me. Um, no, please thank, uh, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Um, something else. Oh, it's been a couple of years. I apologize. And it just would repeat it over and over. And I found such a cleansing of my spirit with that. I thought that was so cool. So then I went into abundance and I went into gratitude. Um, you sleep as well. And I've just found that there's lots of times when something happens and you talk about that inner voice that we just, we beat ourselves down with that. I realized that I would, I would hear this little inner voice and go, Woman, what are you thinking? You know, you need to step back. And I have this whole little like inner conversation with myself, and I know it's totally schizo, but
0: it's no. (laughs) But when you get there, you're like, oh
1: no, you did not. You know,
0: and I... yeah, you're you're like, like, don't go backwards. backwards." We're already we're already ten steps ahead of you. That little girl is far. Like she's there, but she's not ready to play anymore. Nope, nope. And we are not playing with her anymore. We are no. We have we are we are. She does not get chocolate milk. (laughs) Exactly. No, you do for her.
1: But I love it I love it and I and I love that journey for women as we get stronger as we grow and as we go on our lives and and I cannot wait I hope that on social media you you do some posts about that one year journey with your letter and all that I'm excited to be able to see that so oh yeah I think that'll be awesome so you know what Colleen if people want to be able to connect with you the people want to be able to listen to your podcast if people want to connect with you just to talk to you to be able to to to, to pick your brain about something, how can they reach on out to you and be able to, to, to be able to connect?
0: They, the best place right now where I'm obsessed with is, um, my Instagram page, the try and stop me podcast. Find me on Instagram there because that's where, I mean, we met through there. Everybody is really like when people say like social media and insurance and like creating this podcast, the end of the day, it's really meeting people too. You know, it's sharing our stories, but also realizing like you could throw a rock and hit somebody in Texas, you know, <laughs> through, through Instagram right now. Whereas before this there, the reach was so short. I mean, New York city, you can meet with people, but that's, I mean, Instagram, social media, that's where we should be connecting to network, not yeah. just LinkedIn but real connections of understanding people through their business podcast, Instagram pages and whatnot. So that's where everybody can find me. Try and stop me podcast, Instagram page. Perfect. Perfect.
1: And I do know that Combs and Company too, um, does have their own Instagram page. That's actually how I learned about you is because she posts about your podcast and I was like, Oh, I want to go follow her. So we are able to do that as well. So everybody make sure you guys look them up as well for Combs and Company, C O M B S like a comb, but Combs and company in New York um, is an amazing, uh, wonderful, real, authentic insurance-based uh, Instagram page to be able to follow.
0: Yeah. And anytime anybody comes to New York City, shoot us a DM and we'll be more than happy to have coffee with you. Absolutely, we're, I think we're a fun time.
1: Absolutely. You know, my <laughs> yeah. husband has never really been to New York. He actually went on a business meeting at one point and he was there for like, I think uh, like an afternoon it wasn't even like an entire day and he tried to go to the Empire States building and I guess they had had a fire in the building somewhere so they like wouldn't let anybody in so they like had rocked it and he like had a you Know get back through the tunnel to go back to his airplane to be able to get home for the night, yeah. So he's like, Man, I wasn't able to really see anything. So we talk all the time about the fact that New York is on our bucket list to go and spend some real time there and see some shows and be able to experience some great food. I've been there probably two or three times for conferences and different things. I love running through Central Park and just uh, the amazingness of all of that. But you know what? We are definitely gonna uh, reach out to you and make sure, yeah, together because I would love to,
0: yeah, together. when. When everything is open back up, I would not suggest coming right now. It would probably be a little boring. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's closing at 10 o'clock. That's not New York City. Uh, But when the Broadway picks back up and everything's rocking and rolling, absolutely come out because that would be so much fun. We will.
1: Well, everybody, again, this is Colleen Blum with Combs & Company, and she is an amazing benefits VP over there. She is rocking and rolling. Make sure you check her out on Instagram at the Try and Stop Me podcast and reach out to her. Pick her brain and be able to watch all of her stories and her awesome, amazing positiveness that she's putting out there in the world. Thank you so much, for being able to sit with us today as we talk and as we laugh and as we get to know each other. This has been the Power Women in Insurance podcast with Colleen Blum, and she is an amazing power woman. So we are so grateful. Everybody, make sure you do subscribe to the podcast and grab us next week. Every Wednesday, we do release a new podcast, and we are excited to talk to you guys again soon. Have a great day.